New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm with psychotherapist and meditation teacher Linda Graham, and she's the author of Resilience, Powerful Practices for Bouncing Back from Disappointment, Difficulty, and Even Disaster. Linda, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you, Justine. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I know that you, in your work, explore ways that we can rewire our brains, Mm -hmm. that that can happen, that our brains are not just static or also degrading, but we can actually improve Mm -hmm. them as life goes on. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is one focus we could have in rewiring our brain? As I try to help people understand how the brain works and how the brain learns and changes, we're looking basically at three processes of brain change. There's the new conditioning. The brain learns from experience all the time. When we have an experience, it causes the brain to fire neurons. When we repeat the experience, it repeats the firing of the neurons. When we repeat the experience enough over time, that strengthens the communication and connections among those neurons. The brain is creating new neural circuitry and new neural pathways. The brain does that all the time on its own. That's the basis of conditioning. When we want to use new conditioning, we're using a new experience to create a new neural pathway in the brain. Then we deliberately strengthen the focusing of our attention. We deliberately cultivate a gratitude practice. We deliberately practice self-awareness and self-acceptance. We deliberately listen to how we're listening to other people. So we're using a new practice to create a new neural pathway in the brain. And that can become the new go-to pattern. But the new conditioning doesn't necessarily rewire old previous conditioning. And we've all learned patterns. We've all learned habits. We've all learned automatic responses to the things we face in life. And when we're tired or stressed or frightened, those are the patterns that will will act on automatically. They're like the default. That's right. I'll use the word default in another way in just a moment. <laughs> but yes, it's what the brain defaults to because it's, no, it's what it knows how to do best already. So the way to do that rewiring is to be able to light up the negative pattern, I mean, call whatever that memory or emotion or thought pattern is to conscious awareness, and then be able to juxtapose it with something new, more positive, stronger. And when the negative and positive are held in awareness at the same time, the neurons constellating those memories will fall apart and rewire. It's called memory deconsolidation, reconsolidation. And we can use the positive to rewire the old. It's the basis of all trauma therapy. So in the book Resilience, I have many, many exercises that people can use to actually safely recondition and rewire their old patterns of responding to things. Now there's a third process that I'll mention just quickly, which is the brain on its own all the time, plays. We have a default mode network, which is the brain's mental play space. And the brain is making its own associations, its own links, it's connecting the dots in its own way. 
We can use that whenever we fall into a daydream or a reverie, whenever we use our imagination or a guided visualization, a guided meditation. We can use that to create new resources that are not coming from our focused attention. They're coming from a more intuitive wisdom. But we can use that default mode network to create resources like a safe place, a wiser self, a wise guide, a compassionate friend that can become virtual resources for us as we're cultivating our resilience. So I try to offer tools that work with brain change in all three of those ways, depending on what the person needs to do. Linda, all of this could sound like a lot of work. <laughs> Reconditioning our brain or, or new conditioning or deconditioning our brain and following these exercises and learning how to do this, it, it sounds exhausting. So I, I suggest that people do practices little and often, small practices repeated many times. In other words, it can be more conducive to brain change to practice something five minutes a day, five times a day, every day of the week, than to save it all up for an hour on the weekend. So when we do these practices in the smaller version, we're more likely to experience a sense of success. And that sense of competence, oh, I actually can make a difference in how I perceive things, how I respond to things, that sense of competence becomes self-reinforcing. And as people learn that they can use these tools to change their brain's responses, they can become more excited about actually being able to do that. It seems less like work and more like play. And I think that really happens for people. So I suggest people try all of these tools as an experiment. You see what works. If it works, you keep doing it. If it doesn't, you drop it and find something else. So are you saying when we find ourselves kind of in a negative spiral, Mm -hmm. you know, that we're getting anxious or depressed or we're responding in some sort of negative way towards other people or we're going to Thanksgiving dinner and once more we're at the table and we're just going kind of crazy Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. our brother-in-law and Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. I'm just pulling Mm -hmm. that out of the hat. And so you're saying that we can use these moments Mm -hmm. to be aware and to maybe try something. What activity would you say, let's say? So we have these moments that are called AFCOs, another frickin' growth opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) So when we approach our experiences as growth opportunities, what can I learn here? What can I be curious about? What can I learn to do differently? Then we're more open to what we're perceiving and how we're responding, how other people are behaving. And when we can keep that openness and that curiosity and that optimism, then we're much more likely to be resilient. It's one of the driving causes of resilience is to have that stance toward life. So every time we experience a difficulty and we may go into our survival responses, we may collapse in shame, we may get really angry and go ballistic. But if we start using even that as a learning opportunity, gee, I just yelled at my partner for the fourth time today. What can I learn about how I'm responding and how I can do it differently? So you're pulling your conscious awareness to, to apply that Maybe having some compassion for how hard this is, compassion that I just did it again, I swore I never would, and then opening your mind to the learning. We can do that all throughout our day, throughout our week, with every person and every situation we encounter. I remember, Linda, some phrase or quote in your book, it was about awe, 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, what you're talking about is being curious mm-hmm. right there when we're mm-hmm. right in one of those moments. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying, awe is not a luxury. Right, right. So I'd love for you to comment on that. That's just like, whoa, what do you mean? So the quote may have been, either in Resilience or in Bouncing Back from Einstein, that whoever loses a sense of awe at the mystery and wonder of the universe might as well be dead, their eyes are closed. And so awe is a way of opening us up to the mystery, the magic, the vastness. It's not a luxury because it shifts our perspective on the world, what's possible in the world, and our place in the world. So to cultivate an awe practice is actually a very, very good use of cultivating positive emotions to be more resilient. So what you're saying, really, one of the keys right there is no matter where we are or what we're dealing with, whether it's a major trauma, so like death in the family or or a bad diagnosis from some sort of health crisis, or we've just lost our home in some terrible flash fire, which has happened here in Mm -hmm. Northern California for a couple of years now, terrible, terrible fires. And uh, what you're saying is the practice is shifting perspective. So I'll tell a story very, very briefly, which I told in the book Resilience, about the time when I was traveling to teach at the Shivananda Ashram um, Yoga Center in the Bahamas. And I had flown across country, flown to the Bahamas. It was late and it was dark and I was tired. And I was supposed to step from the dock to the boat to go to the island. And I missed the boat. I went right in the ocean, right in the ocean. So I come back up, I grab the boat, I realize I'm alive. I realized my computer is in my backpack on my back. My computer's gone. And then I remembered the wildfires that had happened just a month before in Sonoma County last year. And I thought, Linda, it's just your data. This is just your data. You are alive. And I spent the rest of the four days teaching at the ashram watching. It was a resilience laboratory. How am I coping? Oh, I'm using gratitude. I'm using self-compassion. I'm making my to-do list. I'm taking the support in from people at the ashram. I'm mindful of how I'm doing this. And I used it as a laboratory. And what I realized was, you know what? Resilience practice pays off. I would have responded so differently a year ago or five years ago. The resilience is showing up and taking care of me here. So it was more readily available to you, that openness and that gratitude, because you were practicing what you call little and often. That's right. And it just showed up. I mean, I was trying to be resilient and trying to be aware of being resilient, but those practices would show up and take care of me in the moment. And that was what I learned. The resilience practice really pays off. We can become more resilient because I was living it in that laboratory. I just want to go out with a couple of things here, and that's uh, reminding our listeners that there's a way of preparing yourself a little bit ahead of time with with certain practices or certain visualizations, like when have I felt safe, or when has somebody been really kind to me, or what well, can you we, help us with We here? know that when people have been competent at anything— that sense of competence can transfer to something new, even if they've never done that new thing before. They were competent at something, so they get to be competent at the next thing. So there's an exercise in the book of sure I can, sure I can. 
because I've done it before. Sure, I can do this. And that's part of cultivating our resilience. And it doesn't even have to relate to what we're trying to accomplish now. That's right. It's just that the success of anything mm-hmm. in the past, if we call it up and right. have it ready to remember and visualize. And get the felt sense of it in our body. And get yep. the felt sense of it in our body. Right then it can help us in this new situation. That's right. Absolutely. So that's very exciting. These are reasons to do these practices little and often. Right. And I want to tell our listeners that in your book, Resilience, you have 130 exercises and practices to use. Mm. And, and you suggest that you kind of go through them sequentially through the book. And they're seemingly simple, but they're powerful. I want to, want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us, Linda, on the New Dimensions Cafe. And I want to remind our listeners that Linda is the author of Resilience, Powerful Practices for Bouncing Back from Disappointment, Difficulty, and Even Disaster. And if you want to know more about her work and also her e-newsletter that comes out monthly, Healing and Awakening into Aliveness and Wholeness, and other resources that she archives on her website, go to lindagram-mft. LindaGraham-MFT.net, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms, and I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You, too, can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.